and welcome to this week's edition of Speaking About Speaking. And as you can see from the screen in front of me, uh, I am here with Ben McKinney. So welcome, Ben. Oh, hi, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy You're to welcome. be here. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of an intro. Uh, this is Ben McKinney, a B2B copywriter, content strategist and superhero window cleaner, which we will hear a little bit more of. Uh, he makes your business look great, just with words, not shiny windows. He uses pugnacious, punchy business writing that shows off your personality and pulls in your ideal clients. And you can probably tell that that's, those are Ben's words, not mine because they are pugnacious <laughs> and punchy. Uh, and then along with the word man, Dave Harland, so I don't know uh, people out there know Dave, uh, but uh, him and De Ben have founded the Copy or Die Copywriting Agency, where the words your business uses are a matter of life or death. So that sounds interesting too. Uh, you're a creator of Hashtag LinkedIn lyrics, which is interesting. And I did have a, a, a notice a post you put out yesterday. So we'll come on to that too. And you were once a regional sports reporter. Also interesting. But one of the reasons that you are here today uh, is that you have a podcast in the pipeline. So so what what where did where did that come from, Ben? Because it's not your your sphere of expertise yet, is it? So tell, tell us a little bit about the podcast and how that sort of come about for you. Yeah, thank you. The, the podcast is not really a podcast at the moment. We're, um, so it's a collaboration between me and my freelance pal, Mel Barfield, who's another freelance copywriter. Mel and I have known each other online for a couple of years and have worked together for about 18 months on some, on some different projects. One of the things we were talking about for about a year was trying to build up our presence online not just on linkedin but in different types of things so appearing on podcasts like this one and um, looking for opportunities for public speaking the trouble is if you don't have much of an online presence if your personal brand if you want to call it that hasn't got to the point sort of, of development where you think people might be able to find you and book you um, there aren't that many opportunities to to speak on podcasts unless you're willing to put your hand up and say, I am looking for opportunities to speak on podcasts or opportunities for public speaking. And I think we both felt like that was a little bit ick, that didn't really um, fit with ourselves. So we looked at a way of, rather, if, if there wasn't an opportunity there, could we create our own opportunity? So we've been talking about hosting a podcast based on copywriting and running a freelance uh, business and lifestyle. We've been talking about it for about a year. Something that held us back certainly held me back was not really sure what technology I'd need, not probably having the time to give to editing and, you know, post development, that kind of thing. Um, and also the fact that if we did it, if we put a lot of effort in, that people wouldn't be able to find us or there wouldn't be anything much in the way of an audience for us to connect to. So rather than jumping straight in with the podcast, Mel and I decided about six weeks ago that we would launch a series of LinkedIn Lives. One reason for doing that was to just really test to see whether there was an audience, whether we could connect with anybody. And the other just to give us the experience of presenting, hosting and talking with each other. So we've done two, we've got another one booked next week, we're recording um, towards the end of November, I'm not sure the date is today. But, um, <laughs> we booked in next Wednesday, which I think is the 29th. And yeah, it's gone great so far, we found that there's a there's a little hardcore audience of, of people that have found us and connected with it straight away. Um, we're expand. We're working out a way to create themes for each episode. 
Um, and the nice thing about doing the LinkedIn Live is that you get the feedback immediately from, from the people that connect with you in the audience. So we're able to present kind of a half hour chat between me and Mel about the themes that, that we're talking about. And then we're able to open it up to the room, answer any questions or, uh, or get some other, uh, you know, get some advice in some senses from, from the people that are listening to it. So yeah. it's been great so yeah. far. We hope that it will, we're going to keep developing with, we're really just finding our feet at the moment and working out what we want the show to be. Um, but we hope that it develops. And if, if it keeps going the way we think it will, then perhaps we'll put it into a podcast format in the future. Yeah, sounds great. I look, and Mel is here. Hello to Mel. Hi. Uh, and we also got Mark Masters here saying hi both. So Mark is really the reason we are together here on this po podcast yeah, today. Because, uh, we're both part of the You Other Media community, which is which is a fabulous space for lots of lots of different different people doing different things. And talking of doing different things, tell me a little bit about the uh, the window cleaning. How how is that? You started life, obviously, your business as a window cleaner, and now you are a copywriter. How? How? <laughs> oh, we, have to, we have to go back a long way. <laughs> go back a long way. Go for it. So when I left when I left college, I was convinced that I didn't want to go to university. I kind of knew I knew myself. I think I knew that if I if I went to uni, I would probably waste two or three years and come away with a mediocre degree. Um, but I also knew that what I'd wanted to be. From as long as I can remember, was a sports reporter. Um, so I talked my way into a small local regional publishing company that ran two local newspapers in the town that I grew up, um, and talked myself onto an apprenticeship. And then, um, you know, they put me through the NCTJ qualification to to do sports reporting. So I felt like uh, I felt incredibly lucky, sort of at nineteen, to be doing what I'd what I felt like I'd always wanted to do. Um, and I really liked the job. I enjoyed writing. Um, I enjoyed meeting people locally, you'd have to go out to all the different sports clubs, you'd have to cover events and um, and then write about them, obviously. But the hours were so long, I was, you know, by this point, well, I did it for a couple of years and I was sort of 21 and working really, really late nights, working weekends, covering different events and the pay was abysmal. <laughs> so um, I just felt a bit stuck, I think. I wanted to see my friends and all my friends were either coming back from uni or going traveling or, you know, had better paid jobs, so had more disposable cash than I did. Um, yeah, and I wanted to, I felt a bit stuck and I, like I wanted to see the world a bit and wanted to do something, you know, kind of normal 21 year old things. So I packed it in and looked for something I could do that would give me flexibility. And I knew quite a few people that worked for themselves, a couple of people that were builders and, you know, tradesmen, plumbers, that kind of thing. I didn't feel like I had those skills to be a builder or a, or a plumber. Um, but the easiest thing I thought would be to start my own thing was to start a window cleaning business. Um, you didn't need a lot of kit. You just needed a car and a ladder and a few bits and bobs. And then I was quite confident and comfortable going out and canvassing for work and trying to pick up a small round. So I did that. I still lived at home with my mum and dad at this point, so I didn't need a ton of money. And the idea was that I would do that for a couple of months, earn enough cash to go on holiday, um, go away for sort of three or four weeks, do a bit of traveling, come back and just repeat the process. And I felt like I'd probably do that for a couple of years and then go back to getting a real job. Um, and 18 years later, I'm still doing, I'm still doing it. Um, where, where the copywriting came in, um, my son Baird is, has just turned seven. And um, when he was born, I, I thought I was doing quite a bit of traveling for work. and I was still doing long days. And I thought I'd like to work from home a couple of days a week. So, you know, I've, I've always written, I've always wrote for the business. When I was, as I built the window cleaning business out, I would write the websites and write my marketing copy. 
didn't really know what copy was at the time. I didn't know what a copywriter was. And I didn't know that there were people that could do that kind of thing that you would pay to do it. So I did it myself. I'd done a couple of little training courses and it just felt like that was something that I would like to do, work from home, do something creative. So I did a couple more training courses and then started to try and pick up clients. Um, and initially my goal was to just do a couple of days if I could get two days a week where I could work from home with a baby. Um, and you know, that would all be good. And it's just grown again. We've, we're kind of seven years into that point now. Um, both businesses have grown. I'm still doing both. So I still run and manage the window cleaning business. I'm occasionally out on the tools. I'm out on Thursday this week, so I'm hoping for good weather. Um, yeah. And, there's been times when one's grown more than the other and it's been a bit of an imbalance, but at the moment things are good. So um, I tend to split the week. I do about three days um, on the copyright side of things. So at the moment, those three days are building out copy or die with Dave. Um, and then two days a week running and managing the window cleaner business. So I've got a little team that helps with that too. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you've, so you've gone from window cleaning into copywriting and now you're kind of going into speaking. Um, and I have to say, I listened to you at Copy Cabana, the, the, um, the tape of you talking uh, for that. And that was that's quite an interesting story about how that, that little talk that you gave there came about. And I have to say, you've got such a lovely style uh, about, well, about the way that you, that you presented that. It was really sort of entertaining and, and uh, lighthearted. But it, tell us how you ended up there. Yeah, it was a. I mean, it's a lovely experience. I, one of the training courses that I that I picked up on um, early on in the copywriting, when I was trying to transition over as a copywriter, um, a famous copywriter called Andy Maslin ran a course in London called the Well Paid Freelancer. And the trouble I was having at the time, I'd done a couple of courses, so I knew what how to write and what kind of clients I wanted, but getting those clients and charging them the right kind of fees was really really tricky. And at that point, I think I remember thinking to myself window clean is so much better paid than copywriting i'm going to have to knock this on the head i'm just going to be a win i'm just going to have to admit say to myself i'm going to be a window cleaner and i'm okay with that and i'll write poetry in the evenings or something um anyway i found andy's course and one of the hooks that andy uses in in, in that course and in his other writing is that his window cleaner was better paid than a lot of copywriters and that he felt that copywriters should be as well paid as window cleaners so immediately we had a little a little connection um and i managed to get on the course i missed the deadline by the time i'd seen it i'd missed it but i i emailed andy direct and said to him look i'm a window cleaner but i want to be a well-paid copywriter please can i come on your course so he let me on and it was good i still use a lot of the lessons that i learned on that course when i'm pricing work for my clients now um in both businesses actually not just in the copywriting i, still, I use different techniques and things that he covered on that course in the window cleaning as well um, and Andy and I got on great, and he was one of the organisers of Copy Cabana, which was a copywriting conference that took place in, in Bournemouth in 2017. Um, and they had a speaker pull out at the last minute. So he got in touch with me. This was a month or so after the course and said, look, you, you've got an interesting story. Would you like to do a 10 minute talk about it? So I had no time to really think about it too much or get nervous or no time to say no. Um, so I just said yes and went down and took the opportunity really and it was great it was um it was really the kind of not the sliding doors moment but saying yes to that opened up a lot of support from people yeah. within the industry it opened up it gave me a lot of confidence that I felt like I could now say that I belonged in the industry that I was a copywriter um so it was good for me as much as anything building out the talk and writing that even though I didn't have a lot of time to write it 
was a nice period. I'm not a particularly reflective person, and it was a nice opportunity to kind of look back on how far I'd come in a short space of time, perhaps reevaluate some goals and why I was doing what I was doing. And then speaking about it publicly is, you know, it's quite affirmative. There's a lot of affirmation in that. It, it was yeah. great. So, um, yeah, I had a really good time doing that. And that has that's one of the big reasons why the business has grown on, on since. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing about speaking, isn't it? It's about putting yourself outside of your comfort zone uh, and really kind of, as you say, just saying yes, get up there and do it without thinking about it. But speak. I mean, and that's what came across in in the ten minute presentation that you were speaking from your heart. You were you were talking about something that you were passionate about, uh, and and so that's what I always say to my clients is that's the easiest thing to do. That's the easiest way to to sort of feel comfortable. You're always going to feel nervous. Yeah. But definitely. if you're talking about something that you're very you feel passionate about, it's it's easier. Did you did you find that? And how did how did you cope with nerves? when you were sort of uh, about to step on stage? Yeah, I mean, I was nervous. Um, I think nerves are good, though. I don't think I'm not somebody who thinks that nerves are particularly a negative thing. I think they show that you care about something that, and that you're Absolutely. You know, you're invested in it and you're trying your best. Um, I'm quite confident. I was I, I was confident getting up and telling I was talking about myself, which is, you know, it's not a bad thing, is it? So yeah. I, I felt quite confident getting up and telling that story. It was only 10 minutes. I knew it would go quickly and I'd kept it quite simple. I think when you, to go back to mentioning about talking about something that, that you love and you'll care about, if you do that, then you can feel that the audience connects with you because I think if they can see some level of authenticity, yeah. and I felt that in the room, it, it's quite obvious. I mean, the first thing I said when I got up there was, you know, I'm a window cleaner. I'm not really a copywriter, but yeah. I want to be one. Um, and I felt that the audience, you know, was supportive in that, you know, it felt like they almost put their arms around me because it was, you got I got a lot of nice feedback afterwards, but even during, you can tell if an audience is in is listening to you and if they're yeah. invested in what you're saying. And I really felt that on uh, on that day, um, and that once I was up and running, and you know once I felt that, then yeah, the nerves thankfully disappeared, and yeah. know, I was able to just enjoy it. And and what I loved as well is is you started with that I'm a window cleaner, I'm not a copywriter, but you finished with. I'm Ben and I'm a copywriter kind of thing didn't you so yeah, was that was that in your presentation or was that just how you felt I think I, fe I think I felt like that I haven't got the notes still from the day but I don't think in the when I'd written it out I don't think I'd ended it in that way um but I but it felt like I say it almost felt like that little bit of a graduation kind of thing like yeah you know I've got to this point and here I am talking to you so I, I can't really say that I'm not a copywriter anymore because I'm talking at an industry conf conference um yeah and like I say the the feedback during during that talk, I said it was only, I think I probably only spoke for about eight minutes because I sped up a lot as I as I went <laughs> through it. Um, but yeah, the kind of, you know, the connection between the audience and the and the organizers as well. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't say that I'm not now, I'm, I'm here and, you know, I'm staying. No, it was, it was, yeah, it, it, I felt that. I could feel that, that that probably wasn't, hadn't been written down, but that's how you felt. It was fabulous. Uh, we've got, uh, Liam here is agreeing with you here. Look, I agree, Ben, nerves are what bring the magic on stage thank you for being here Liam I, um, so. I mean if people if you get up there without nerves I don't know there's got you don't want to be robotic do you so you know nerve if nerves come out there's that level of almost vulnerability I think which is another thing that people connect to if they see yeah. that you're really trying then yeah, it's a good thing absolutely and as you said nerves show you care and if you you know it, it, the reason you feel that is because you you're invested you know and it it means something to you so you you will be nervous and and i you know people ask me if i can get rid of their nerves and it's like no 
you know, <laughs> to embrace them. You have to go with them, see them as excitement rather than nerves. But, but brilliant. If if you are out there listening or watching this, then please do pop a question in or a comment into the uh, the comments there. Uh, if you're watching the replay, it'd be good to hear from you too. So if there's anything in here that you'd like uh, answered or any comments or questions you'd like to ask, then please do. So tell us a little bit more now about Copy or Die, because that's something that's come about in the when did you say you launched in July? So how did it? How did that come about? Because the the ethos behind that I think is great, and the, the you know what, how how that works for copywriters and freelancers is is a, is a great idea. So tell us about how that how that started and your connection with Dave. Yeah, so the connection with Dave started probably six or seven years ago, quite early on in my freelance career. Um, Dave was probably quite early on in his as well. I think he's been full time freelancing for about eight years. We just connected online. Um, there's a couple of um, sort of copywriting evenings that happen during the around the UK, and Dave and I met very very briefly at one in London. But we connected online already, and we just chatted back and forth. We've got a very similar sense of humour. We like the same kind of '90s to early 2000s comedies, um, and we just gone kind of built a friendship online really over sort of four or five years. I, I did a we're talking about opportunities earlier and. I started a feature on my website about two years ago called The Business, where my idea was to interview business owners like me and not really talk about their day to day, but to talk about the decisions that they would made in, in running their freelance business. So Dave was one of the first guests on that. We chatted for about an hour and it was great. I got a lovely interview out of it and you know we had a really nice chat. Um, one of the things we talked about was Dave's got an enormous LinkedIn presence um, and a big newsletter list. And we were talking about how he could um, start to get some passive income or some different revenue streams rather than just him doing the work. And he mentioned during the talk that he probably gets about 20 to 30 leads in a, a month from his LinkedIn profile. But because he was busy, he was maxed out as a freelancer. Um, he probably may, he might have used maybe one or two of them a month and the rest of them, he would give them away or he would just let them go by the wayside. So I said, what, well, why don't you sell the leads? I'm sure you could, you know, offer those to somebody that they'd, they'd take them and that would be an additional revenue stream for you. He said, oh, who would buy them? I said, well, I, I'll buy them. Why? I was looking, you know, I didn't have a lot, an awful lot of work coming through uh, on the copyright side of things at the time. So I said, look, I'll buy them. I'd already started thinking if I get more work in, I probably won't have the time to do it because the window cleaning business was good. My wife and I just had our second daughter, Aoife. She was probably about six months old at the time. So I was looking for a way of working slightly less hours. So I'd started building out and creating some relationships with other freelancers that if a copywriting contract did come in, I would outsource the writing. I, I would take care of the strategy and the brief and all the planning, client delivery, all that side of things, but I would outsource the writing. Um, and so I said, look, I've got this little process in place. If you, if you send me a lead, if I convert it, I'll pay a commission and then I'll outsource it and my team will do it. So we tried this for about six to eight months and it worked really well, it worked really well for both of us. We both earned some money off it. I got some lovely contracts with great clients and I started working with some really lovely freelancers as well. That was a, a almost an unexpected side effect of the good relationships that I'd created on that side of things. So after doing it for about eight months, Dave and I met um, in the middle for a little celebration. This was October last year. So Dave's from Liverpool. I'm, I live in Norwich. So we'd just been talking on Zoom the whole time. We decided to meet up and have a pint. So we met in the middle in Stamford, Lincolnshire, and um, 
uh, found a really nice hotel and just had a, had a beer and chatted. And I think we'd both been thinking without saying to the other one, this could be something bigger. We could make, we could build this out and make something exciting and also perhaps, you know, something that works. So we think we've got a good idea. And that was the first time we started talking about Copy or Die. So the name came out really quickly. We want to focus purely on personality-led copy um, for clients that understand the value of good copy in their business and understand that really, if you're when it comes to your marketing budget and the success of your business, that really great copywriting is a matter of life or business death. So that was our viewpoint from the start. Um, and yeah, it's taken a long time. It's taken a year. We've built, we've kind of been talking about it and fine-tuning it for a year. But we launched in in July. Today's email list. So we've got a waiting list of clients, kind of that we're just servicing and going through now. Um, and then hopefully we'll be properly public facing with a live website and um, all the bells and whistles that that comes with um, in in the early new year. So it's been it's been a great experience starting the business, and we're in a nice position because Dave's already got a presence. Um, which is again that's another one of the reasons for me trying to get public speaking opportunities and you know trying to get appearances on podcasts and just to build out almost to even up the the kind of social media presence um it's given us the opportunity to kind of start the business but without almost revealing what we are you know we can start it with the with the people on the wait list and then we're fine-tuning their offering as we go as we we get a lot of different experiences with different clients. So yeah. yeah, we're in a really nice position at the moment. Yeah. So just quickly, Mark's asked a question, which I will ask you in a second, but just let us know, what is the offer then for, for the copywriters that you'll be working with? So with, with freelancers, so we've not, we're not looking at hiring a team at the moment of kind of in-house copywriters, you might call it. We think that because we're in such different parts of the country, one of the strengths of the agency is that we can use the freelance network that we're both a part of. We know, all the best copywriters in the UK, certainly all the best freelance ones. Um, and the, the thing that that gives us the opportunity to do is when a contract comes in, we compare what we think the right writer is for the right client. So rather than us thinking, oh, this isn't really, as a freelancer, you might get a, get a contract come in and you think it's just not my niche or it's not my industry. I don't know anything about this. Um, the way we can do it, we can pull it, pick into our pool of writers, find the one who fits the client best. We'll still take care of all of the, you know, the the initial part. So setting the, the strategy with the client, getting a really top quality brief. And then on the other end, we'll deal with delivery and payment and all that sort of thing. So the copywriter really only has to do one thing, which is the bit that they like the most, which is to get a good brief and to do the writing. So the, on, the way we've done it so far, we've, we're a few contracts in and we're a year in, in terms of, you know, me putting out that process. And it works really well. Everybody seems to be happy. The, the writers are happy. We're happy. And the most important thing is the client's happy too. The work that's coming out is great. So, um, yeah, we're really excited. Excellent. No, that's a, it's a great offer. Uh, Mark is asking, what frustrates you with copy in a chat GPT world, which I'm sure you get asked quite often these days? Yeah, chat GPT. Um, what frustrates me? I think the frustrating thing for people in our position is the way that potential clients see copy, whether they value it or don't. So it makes our life, in some senses, it makes our life easier because what we know we have to do now is find the clients that really value high quality copywriting and good quality marketing. That isn't everybody and that's fine. There is a place for chat GPT. Dave won't like me for saying that because he's fully against it, but some, 
businesses will use it and will have success. We don't want to work with those businesses. We want to work with people that really value the, the kind of the magic that comes from having a quality copywriter in your business. So I think what frustrates me, that's one thing. And I think the second thing is the effect it's had on the freelancers in the industry, because I think a lot of freelancers see clients moving over to chat, chat GPT and feel a bit despondent. Whereas ideally what, what I'd advise freelancers to do is if if that's the case is really to tighten up your own offering and try and find clients that value what you do because if you do that then you'll have better projects better clients and better better earnings at the end of the day so yeah it's a difficult one because it's everywhere and it's not going to go anywhere it's here to stay as in terms of people in marketing it's up to us to find a way around it or a route over it yeah no I think you're I think you're right and I think it, it you know it goes back to the 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 thing earlier of of uh, of nerves you can't get rid of it it's here now there's always going to be this is this is not going away now so it's about embracing it isn't it it's about really sort of taking it on but finding the human side of of what you do and what we all do so I I think embracing it's a good a good an interesting way of putting it I think we're more in the category of taking it on as in taking it head on you know we want to set ourselves up as the the polar opposite to AI, you know, created copy or AI created marketing. And I think there will always be clients that that cherish, you know, the human to human connection that comes that good quality writing to, can give you and the way that good quality writing can capture emotions in humans. I don't think, certainly not at the moment, AI, AI can't do that. It can do some things, you know, to, in a limited capacity, but it can't cre- recreate that human to human connection. So that's for us that's where the opportunity lies yeah. it's creating that in a much better way and in a bigger way yeah. and, and finding people that value it too yeah and it's the same with speaking it's the same you know i had this conversation with mark uh, when he was a guest on this uh, on on, a, on one of the episodes about the fact that obviously you can't replicate the the human to human contact when you're on a stage when you're speaking mm. so it's, it's a similar thing so where are you going now with your public speaking to bring it back to to speaking what what would you like to do apart from guesting on the podcast? Have you got ambitions to uh, to speak more? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, that is a goal of 20, for 2024, um, to find more public speaking appearances. Um, I'm booked in at Creator Day next year. So um, Dave and I are speaking at Creator Day, which is a lovely, a lovely place to be and a lovely thing to start the year with. That's in April. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage anybody who's not, he's on the fence about booking for that to, to come along so i think we're gonna have a lovely day and yeah the goal if we can find more public experience public speaking appearances for me and that'll be great but i suppose as, as much as anything it's to another goal is to just continue building out that podcast with mel um keep doing the linkedin lives for the end of this year and then in the new year we're going to evaluate where we take it and see what what comes from that so i'm as excited about that as as anything else to be honest with you yeah yeah so in your opinion what makes a good podcast what is, or in the words of what I, I normally frame it, what makes a good podcast good and a bad podcast suck? What makes a good podcast good? In in a podcast like this, where it's an, a one-to-one interview, I think it's the interviewer asking the subject the questions that as a listener, you'd like to know the answer to. Um, and I think, so Mel and I, our, our show is a bit more of a, it's almost like a radio style format, I suppose, in that, we have a, a chat a conversation then we bring in kind of outside people to, to chip in at, towards the end. I think in something like that, it, it's, it, it's us trying to work out 
the questions that our audience are facing and the pain points that they've got and then trying to answer those on the show. What makes it suck, is, I suppose, is we talked a bit, b- bit before, didn't we, if, if we think that things aren't authentic, um, that comes across as, a, as an audience member. If you know that the person speaking is not invested in the same way you are, that's mm. an immediate turnoff. So I think the personality and the passion of the person that's doing the, you know, pre- present, presenting or, or the interviewee or whatever, um, that's what makes good post, good podcasts good, and that's what makes bad ones suck. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, thank you. Just quickly before we before we end here, we've got Liam saying, "Good on you both." I'd be suspicious of clients that want the copy so desperately quickly that they'd prefer to use Chat GPT. Spot on, Liam. Yeah, fabulous. Thank you, Liam. So, where is best? I've got your website here. Let me find it. I'll bring it up onto the screen. There we go. This is your website. So, any copying. Uh, copywriting that anyone wants done from you they can contact you there is that correct yeah i'm probably phasing that out over the next year or so but it's still live at the moment um our website for copy or die is copyordie.co.uk and there's not really anything on there at the moment we've got a holding page up for the home page but if you're a freelance writer and you think that you'd quite like to work with us on some projects then the one page that is live on the website is copyordie.co.uk forward slash writers and there's a little form on there that you can fill in to um, give us your information. Brilliant. And I will, I'll, if you send me over that link, Ben, I'll put that in the, in the copy below. Uh, and there we go. That's you on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to get in contact with you or find out more about that. Yep. Especially I'm not there very much, but um, it's, that's another thing to try and get become a bit more present on. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's brilliant. Uh, okay. Let's see. We've got one more comment. Uh, Mark says, enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Mark. Oh, uh, thanks, Mark. Yeah, great. And thank you so much for being here, Ben. And thank you for jumping in last minute because it was very last minute. <laughs> uh, thank you for, for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Jackie. Yeah, and really good luck to you and Mel with the podcast. And if you uh, if you need any advice, whatever advice, I'm I'm happy to 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 give. So uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that up and running. Brilliant. And if Thank you need you. any guests, not that I'm a, not that I'm a copywriter, but yeah, I'm always happy to chat. So good luck with that, and thank you for being here. Oh, uh, thanks again. You're welcome. And if anybody needs to get in contact with me, I'm at powertospeak.co.uk. Uh, and thank you so much for watching, listening. If you're watching the replay, then do as I said earlier, ask questions, uh, make some comments. We'd love to hear from you and obviously subscribe to the channel. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Next week, I have Ben Albert from Rochester, New York, which I'm really looking forward to. Fabulous marketing man. And the week after, I have Gillian Whitney, who is also in the States. So really looking forward to those. So I will see you all next week. And once again, thank you so much for being here, Ben. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.